say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. If you ever heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are many creation tools that will allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many more. Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for joining my podcast again. Not all black chess fried chicken. Uh, I just wanted to finish off this last episode about my background and how things are. You know, this is again your boy Wayne. Chef Wayne, that fellow the chef, who should the Chef Brown, what's a chef? But I'm going to continue off with where I left off at, where I ended up quitting my job in New York for so many years. I've been there 10 years. And um, like I said, I was it was a disappointment how I quit. No, it wasn't bad, like where I said, fuck this, I'm out of here, and left him hanging. I did the right thing, gave my notice, and rolled out, you know, um, and, um, I think this is where, um, after leaving the hotel, and I kind of have an understanding why my chef wouldn't let me leave, um, I saw, you go in different kitchens, you work in the kitchen so long, and you know one thing, you know how things should be, you know what direction you should be heading in, and, um, And, um, I look at it now as my chef, he was protecting me. And, no, he did. He was protecting me because he knew the the culinary world was rough, especially for black folks. You know, we're trying to build a name for ourselves. We're in there. We're busting our ass. We're grinding. We're learning new shit. We're putting putting the new shit, the new trend. We're, uh classical shit, put a twist on it, and, um, no, I worked at a couple restaurants, different hotels, and I saw a different outlook on how the business shouldn't be run, no, so I didn't work for a lot of bullshit companies, and some companies were good, but they had bullshit people running it, you know, so, like, I feel like when I was working in New York, I was pretty much protected, um, it's, it's like a mother 
protect my kids from the streets. You know, you don't want them in the streets. In the streets, the streets is rough. And I went to the, I went, I left, and I went out into the world thinking I'm this really great chef. And um, and mentally, I wasn't freaking prepared. So you know, I had my runnings. I had the racist thing happen to me. You know, I had runnings with men that don't like me. Um, I just had, it was just nuts and shit. And you know, this went on for years. You know, it went on for years, like. Um, I think at the time I was, I think at the time I was divorced, you know, leaving the hotel, leaving New York and just going out there and see what's out there, so I was pretty much divorced, and um, just trying new things, you know, like I lived in D.C., worked in D.C. for about eight years, and um, I remember working for the government, you know, being a chef of the government for something, and I remember the chef, chef I had there, he reminded me of my chef from New York, and he's an one. he protected me until the day he left, and then the motherfucker that replaced him was, uh, he's just treacherous, man, he's ruthless, you know, so um, I just saw him, like, wow, you know, and this is all, I think that part of my life, when I left New York, that part of my life, that's where I was learning how to have thick skin and not be so sensitive and not be so whiny, you know, and com- and complain, you know. So I had to learn how to adjust in different environments. I had to teach myself to adjust, and I had to teach myself how to thicken up my skin and how to deal with just everyday shit, you know. You know, and um, it even got to a point where. I got to a point where it was just bad, you know, especially for a black chef, you know, it's, it's really bad, like, I remember going to Richmond, Virginia, I moved to Richmond, Virginia, this is a crazy story, and, um, the food and beverage director was a black guy, black guy, I'm like, alright, Paul, cool, this should be interesting, you, know, you got a black F&B director, you got a black F&B director, And I think at the time I was a great, I was a great cook. I was an okay, I was an okay leader, but I was a great cook. And uh, in today's society, you know, you need like in today's society as a chef, you don't even fucking need that shit today. You just need to fucking have great kitchen psychology to run your fucking kitchen effectively. You know, back then, I I just figured, shit, I'm a great chef. I'm going to fucking survive. I did. Because that motherfucker fired me. This shit, because I couldn't fucking do my numbers right. This shit, so. <laughs> so, you know, so. Um, those are like the little things, you know, that. Um, you know, I went through. You know, New York, like San Francisco, New Orleans, all those great places, living overseas. I was building my cooking skills. Leaving New York and coming into a different society from, I think I left New York maybe 96. I ended up in D.C. maybe 2000. 2000, 2001, 
2004, somewhere in there, I can't, can't recall, but I was there for a minute, and I just like freaking, um, you know, when I had a fake in my skin, I'd become really good, and no, I started learning the finances, because when I, I fucked up, when I got fired, I was like, okay, I need to learn these goddamn numbers, man, so I don't, that shit never happens again, and I'm one of them guys, you know, like, shame on me, because it fucking happened, don't let it happen again, so, um, I remember, like, working D.C., and finally leaving D.C., the Richmond thing, um, I left D.C., and I took a job in Baltimore, Maryland, and this is when I knew I everything came together, the great cooking and the great leadership, the, le- the great leadership skills. It all came, it kind of all matched together to work. And I remember taking a lesson job. I remember walking on the job and taking a chef to cuisine job. And um, my executive chef was black. And I said, all right, how do you make this work? I walked in, I realized I had a black chef. I'm like, okay, how do you make this shit work? Where we're not fucking up and we have each other's backs. And um, I think I walked in and we we were doing like we were busy all year. We worked. I think we worked like nine months out of the year, but it was nine busy months. You know, we worked at the university at Baltimore. And um, and uh, the chef was really good, good-hearted guy. But you could tell. He needed someone to have his back, you know, because he's a black guy, he's surrounded by a whole, a whole white management team, and I'm like, alright, how the fuck, how the fuck do we rise up against this, so I remember we worked together for a week, he had been pulling days like crazy, I think he had worked like 21 straight days, you know, to my seven days being there, and uh, it was a fucking Friday evening, it had to be about 2 o'clock, it was Friday afternoon, Friday evening. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. And um, I said, man, go the fuck home. In fact, take the weekend off. And he was like, what? Like, shout out to Steve. You know who you are. In fact, me and Steve still work together. Um, I said, yo, go home. I got this. Whatever I don't fucking know, I'm going to figure it out. All right? Like, sure. Like, just get the fuck out of here. And he rolled. At Monday, and he's just like, fuck, dude, I, I needed that rest. And I think he's traveling back to Philly a lot to see his wife, too, at the time. So, um, I get the fuck out of here. We're gonna do this. So, and that's how our relationship freaking got tight. You know, he knew I had his back, and he started having my back. You know, I remember like running the kitchen for him, and I'm like, dude, I'm your floor general fucking handle the fucking politics, I got this, don't you worry about a goddamn thing ahead, don't worry about catering, don't worry about the goddamn retail food, don't worry about fucking the board plan, we're gonna fucking get this right, and he's like, I bet, 
And um and I think that's when um I didn't have the kitchen psychology yet. I knew what it was to run a kitchen. So I took some of the shit off his plate, you know, like I did that before every Sunday. I made sure menus were written. I fucking knew prices on food. I knew what should be in the building, what shouldn't be in the building. You know, I knew what walked in the building and what walked out the building. So, um, I fucking would relay that shit to him. He relays that shit to his bosses. And that's how we built that rapport. You know, we built that rapport. We became really good friends in the process. And I remember him going back. And I get it sometimes. You got to get back to your family. And he left. We worked together a whole fuck. We worked together a whole school year. And he left. And I had to deal with someone else. And I dealt with a white chef. And he knew I knew the operation, but he didn't. And he fucking slacked. And you know, I let my better, I let my temper get the best of me. And I walked the fuck out. I'm like, I'm not fucking helping this white guy because this white guy has no fucking intentions for me. And that's when I came. I came to this conclusion. Us black chefs and white fucking coats need to fucking stick together. I will help a white guy out as much as I can, but at the end of the day, I'm going to help lift up all my black culinarians. You know, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I did I became, I don't think it's, I became bitter, but I just became more aware that these white folks are not going to fucking give us the chance of help to fucking be, you know, be on top. You know, they, they take our fucking food culture and they fuck it up. You know, like, and I get, I get wherever fucking cultures are coming from. You know, like, I look at fucking Korean fucking restaurants being opened by a white guy. That's crazy. I look at fucking, China, I look at fucking Mexican restaurants being run by a white guy. You know, and I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, it's almost like a cultural vulture to food. So. Uh, I remember quitting and just like really, I became a journeyman. So I just worked in different restaurants, different settings. I did pretty good, but I always had my guards up. You know, I had my guards up. I looked out for black folks. And you know, you get some black folks that work for you and they fucking do that whole bojangling tap dance and shit. I'm like, well, such and such said this instead of following your lead. You know, now I realized there's a resistance against black chefs, even with our own people. And that would piss me off a little bit too. I'm like, what the fuck? So, you know, I went through that step. You know, I eventually took my ass down to Florida. Took my ass down to Florida for about four years. Where um, I, I became an executive chef. I took my ass down to Florida, became an executive chef, and um, for the first time in my life, kitchen psychology kicked in. I wasn't in there acting like a raving freaking lunatic. I wasn't yelling at people. I wasn't flinging shit across the kitchen. I think that shit would only happen if my whole kitchen crew of my supervisors and my sous chefs became clueless about what their fucking job was and what we had to do. That's when I would get that way, you know? Um, and my kitchen psychology kicked in, and um, I think that's the first time I ever became the best version of an executive chef. 
because my numbers were always on point. My food was always right. If my guys are the ones I had to send them home, and I took the set. Did the set myself. You know, uh, if I had to fucking work weekends, I worked weekends, you know. So it came to this place like I had to work a little bit harder and shine a little bit brighter to be just as good as the sorriest white chef in America. No, which is like pitiful shit. But um, I became this really, really down to earth chef. I would jump in if I had to cut fucking lettuce and make croutons. That's what the fuck I did. And I fucking did it like it was going to be the fucking best crouton and the best fucking cut lettuce you could ever fucking get in life. And um, I learned. I learned how to be humble. I learned how to be patient. I learned how to... I just learned how to do things the right fucking way. And um, I remember leaving Florida because I had been there four years. So we're talking like 2018 or 19. Yeah, 2009. I left early 2019. I remember coming back. I'm coming back to Jersey. You know, because I miss my family. I'm a single man. I miss my family. Um, I want to build a relationship, you know, because I felt like I was accomplished as a chef, and I remember calling up Steve, like, hey, I'm heading back to that area, I'm going to be back in Jersey, in the Philly area, you know, I'm going to do some shit with my family, let's get dinner, and Steve just happened to say, yo, I got a chef to cuisine job for you, you want it, now, I wasn't looking for a job, I wasn't doing anything, and, and it just was like, wow, I didn't really burn any fucking bridges with this guy. And he's fucking offering me a set to green job. And he's telling me, dude, you're going to be an executive chef. Yeah, fucking, I need your help. So, you know, the same company I walked out of was the same company that brought me back. So I said, all right, bet. I'll come back. And I remember coming back and working for Steve. And, um, I really unloaded his plate. You know, I unloaded his plate. We, like I said, we still working. I'm still a chef to green I unloaded this plate, he became appreciative, got me promoted, you know, like I'm in line for another promotion to be the executive chef right now, and, um, but this was the first time he saw a different version of me, and, um, he actually liked it, you know, he liked it, he's like, I like this, I like the kitchen psychology of it to the table, and I explained to him, you know, you don't have, to, it's not about how fucking good you can cook, it's how fucking well you can you can lead your kitchen, and, um, you know, he thought it was a good thing, and that's what I've done ever since, you know, I've come here, I've done great things with him, I've made things look good with him, and, um, you know, that's about it, you know, and this is going to bring me to the end of my podcast for this episode, like, uh, part three of three. Uh, the next one coming up is going to be a really good one. I actually got some other chefs uh, in on this with me. So this is going to be very interesting. And we're going to keep just doing our thing, you know. So, you know, I just want to keep your head up. Look for us on uh, look for us on Instagram. You know, not all black chefs fried chicken. Follow us. Look out for it. Have a good set. And I hope, to hit, hope the next one's better. All right. Thank you.
Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.